Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for family. Thank you, God, for laughter. Thank you for joy, which is, uh, at least in one verse, it's one-third of the kingdom. And um, we also want the righteousness and the peace as well. Thank you, God, that, that those are the gifts of your spirit. And Father, thank you right now that we um, have uh, Christ in us and Holy Spirit, you are here to, um, to, to activate us, to, um, to kiss our hearts awake to what we're alive for. So we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight, um, I want to talk about grace gifts that are given to restore all things. Now, even the title could be a little, a little bit uh, mysterious, like grace gifts, okay? That's actually a word um, from Ephesians 4 where it talks about the gifts that Jesus gives, but actually a much, more, uh, pr- uh, a much more precise definition would be grace gifts. And um, to restore all things. So then you start asking the question, okay, then what needs to be restored, right? So I want to talk about that some today, but really quick, I want to first go back, and I'm going to share the short version some of you in this room have heard this, my story many times. Some of you have not heard it at all. Um, but I want to just share very quickly that, that um, prior to Blazing Fire, we, uh, Suzanne and I started this church 17 years ago, 17 and a half years ago, which is amazing how time flies. Prior to that, we had, we had done another church plant, um, which went well for a while, and then it was really painful for a while. And it was, it was uh, in some ways, one of the hardest, well, certainly was one of the hardest seasons of our life, for sure. And um, just in a nutshell, we, there was a lot of pain. We, we hurt people. We got hurt by, by people. It wasn't, certainly wasn't what we thought we started a church to do. And, um, and in the end, I, I uh, released the church to some other people to keep going with it. And so I felt like a really big failure. Um, like I had really let God down, like I had my big chance and, uh, and it was a flop and wondering if there was any, um, you know, if there was, if there was still, uh, any place for me, like God, do you, did you still, any of those promises that you had for me for this region, for my life, are they still alive or did I just kind of blow it all? And, um, and so it was in that, that time that God just began to restore my heart back to the basics, back to um, what this is really where I got to the depth that that my that f- my father God as a father is is my daddy who is crazy in love with me all the time no matter what I do or don't do and that was a season where I got that to the core and when I say I got it to the core what it means is 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 even though I've done other things that that feel like failures at times, or even if other people try to convince me otherwise, that that truth isn't going away. This is who I am. I'm 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 his favorite. As are you, but you don't get to enjoy the benefits of being his favorite unless you actually believe it. But what is it, if you say, well, that can't be true? You know, we can't all be his favorites. Tell me why the the word. What does the word favor mean? When you say we have God's favor, oh yeah, that's right. Kind of means that same thing. Um, but somehow, if you don't believe that for yourself, it feels like all the blessings are for everybody else and not you. But once you start to make that transition in your heart, which is true of the kingdom, always everything starts this way. When we start agreeing with what's true, we start we start seeing the world differently. We start seeing the blessings, and they are coming our way. 
uh, because we've made the shift inward. That's just the way of the kingdom. So I wanted to share that quickly because there were, two, there were, there were a couple of things he shared with me during that time as he was restoring me, because we're talking about restoring all things and, and grace, grace meaning that we can't earn it. He just does it. And, and in that time when he was restoring me, he told me, I, I don't want you to find your identity in what you do anymore. This is for everybody in this room, okay? Not just for me, but he was saying, I don't want you to find your identity in what you do, but it is simply in who you are, whose you are, that you're my son. That's where you find your identity. Or, or for your ladies, of course, that you're his daughter. That's, that's it. Because if you're looking to anything else, um, that, that road's going to get really rocky really quick. And we've all been there, and sometimes I can revert to there, and then God says, uh, 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 <laughs> that wasn't the deal. Only in being my son. That's your identity. The second thing he taught me was, uh, was this, and this is actually what I want to get back to today, around to, which is that um, he said to me, you know, you, you, you tried really hard to build a church, an entity, something, and your identity got wrapped up in it. And so when that crashed, so did you. And he said, that's, that's a problem with a lot of churches. And he says, um, he, he said to me something very clear. He said, I want you to build my kingdom, not a church. I already built my church. The church, right? Singular church. Jesus already built his church, but he said to me, I want you to build my kingdom. So that's one of the reasons why certain things we do, certain things the way we do at Blazing Fire. But I also can tell you there are other times when I think we've kind of gone back to doing church. I'm just going to say it because it happens. We, we get in ruts. We get in routines. We, um, I'm going to get into that a little bit more. But I feel like, and I want to explain tonight a little bit about what, where I think 17 years later... And all of the training, if you will, life training we have gone through, the ups and the downs and all that we've learned along the way, I feel like the Lord's bringing us full circle and saying, saying to, to us, I, I meant what I said. Because I believe we're in the, I believe the church, the big church, not just Blazing Fire, is in, is in a huge shift right now, a huge reformation. And it is about the goodness of God. If I could like whittle it all down to say, well, what's the shift? The goodness of God, which you might say, well, what's the big deal? Yeah, that's because you're in a fellowship where we talk about it all the time. But for the body of Christ, the goodness of God is not something that, that is widely accepted, believe it or not, in, in Christendom. But it's, but it's going that way. People are getting it. He really is a good father. That's one. And another is, is again, the kingdom emphasis that the, the, the called out ones, the going out, that it's everywhere we go. It's not about gathering in a place, though that's wonderful and I love it. But more and more and more, he is, he is saying you are empowered. You're empowered to go. So there you go. That's all my intro. And what I'm going to just see how far I can get. And we're, we got some scriptures I want to look at. I want to look at the book of Ephesians. And I wanted to start. I could have jumped right into Ephesians 4 because I do want to talk about about the gifts that Jesus gave us to restore all things. But it has so much more context when you look at a few other verses. So early on, um, Paul is laying it on thick with how good the Father is. And he says, and our Father, by the way, I have, I have that picture of Jesus on all these slides just because I love it so much, but because the emphasis really is all about him. And even when we talk about Father, you might think, well, why is there a picture of Jesus? Well, because he's the picture of the Father, right? He's the one the Father sent and said, okay, you needed to see how good I am. This is how good I am. 
And so our Father chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. We sang a couple songs about that tonight. I don't know if you know that. I love it when I'm listening to song lyrics and going, oh, that's exactly what we're preaching tonight. Because we actually sang that. Because of his great love, he chose us to be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. You got to get this one. Because religion tells you you're a piece of crap. And, and if you believe that, then that's the way you keep living. But if you believe that this is how the Father sees you and this is who he says you are, you live into that. And that first part about, about choosing you to be his very own before he even laid the foundation of the universe. I love that. How many of you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm interested sometimes in our language. We all talk about the day when we're going to go home to be with Jesus. Or so-and-so died and they went home to be with Jesus. I have a question for you. And that is, how can you go home unless you've already been there? See, I don't think it's just language. I think there's something in us that just knows it's home. I'm even feeling the Lord on this right now. I don't understand it all. Our brains are not going to wrap our mind. We're not going to wrap our minds around this one. But there's just something bigger and better than what we can understand right now in this, in this piece of the pie called our time here on earth. I'm just saying. I'll let you just ponder that one. But let's go on to um, Ephesians. So a couple verses later. I'm just skipping down. And through the revelation of the anointed one, Jesus, our father unveiled his secret desire to us. Okay, so there's a secret here. A hidden mystery of his long-range plan, which, was, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. This all sounds very intriguing, doesn't it? All you mystery buffs out there, wait a minute. You're like, what is this? There's a mystery. There's something he had always intended, and it was hidden until just the right time. We're going to go uh, off of Ephesians sideways for a minute and go over to Colossians. <laughs> and we're going to go right back in a second. What is that mystery? There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is Christ, the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. This is the mystery. It's Christ in you. He's not out there somewhere. He's not the good shepherd, you know, that you're waiting for someday. He's right here inside of you, which means everything that's him is now you. It's in there. Bill just said it. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. So, so I would just say all of our struggles is, is a lack of connecting the dots of what's really true and what we already have in Christ. Here we go. Oh, what did, what did it just say? Colossians 26 and 27. Oh, this is all the Passion Translation. Is it verse 22? I thought that was right. Or am I in the wrong chapter? Did I do the wrong chapter? What's Christ in me, the hope of glory? That's not Colossians 2, 27? Pastors? All right. Anyway, while you guys are figuring that out, I'm going to go on with the message, and you can tell me where the address is. So forgive me if I misprinted it, but 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I love this picture, which is, which is the, the, the brilliance of the sun. He, he is not this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. He's, that's how our little son said it, by the way. He was so cute. But anyway, I mean, think about the sun. Oh, what did you say? Oh, 127, sorry. Chapter 1, apologize. So, um, but it's, th- this, this is such a better representation than a little candle, which is, because you think about everything it says in Colossians that all things were created in him, by him, for him, through him, right? Including the sun. That means that's just a part of him somehow. I'm saying you have the glory of Jesus in you, and it looks a whole lot more like that than it does a candle. That's what I'm saying. And that's what's inside of you right now. This is why there's no limits for you. This is why when our spirits start grabbing a hold of what's true, there's no impossibilities. Really, really. This is, this is the... All right, so now we're going to go back over to Ephesians. This is chapter 1. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. But going one verse later, verse 10, And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. There you go. That's the plan. So now the question is how? All right, now I'm breathing. Okay, the question is, how is this going to happen? And the wild thing is, it's going to happen with us and through us because Christ is in us. This is what's so cool about his plan. He's going to restore all things with us and through us because Christ is in us. See, it's, anyway, it's a partnership. So here we go. How's it going to happen? Now I'm going to go to Ephesians 4. This is the part I was talking about. This is the part where it begins to explain the gifts that Jesus gave. And Jesus has generously given each one of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. Everybody just say dang for a minute. Dang. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. Okay, that's immeasurable. I'm just letting you get this for a minute. Like, we skip right over these words and we go, yeah, yeah, da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. (laughs) Go back to that sun. Christ in you. Supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. This is why he says he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. Now, you look at that and you're like, wait, what? How did that explain the last one? (laughs) What are you saying, Paul? He's actually quoting a psalm. He's quoting Psalm 68. And I want to go there because while most of it's the same, there's actually an added verse on it that I just added part to it that I love. Psalm 68, 18 says, he ascends into the... So here's the psalmist talking about a future somebody. When they're singing this, they're probably wondering, who are we singing about? Remember, there were things long before Jesus came because everything was reflected towards him and saying, he's coming This one that all of God's promises are coming. So he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, leading them in triumphal procession. That sounds like uh, Colossians 2, by the way. And gifts were given to men, even uh, even the once rebellious, so that they may dwell with Yah. That part was, for some reason, was not mentioned in, in the Romans, I'm sorry, in the Ephesians passage. 
so that. So Jesus is going to give us gifts. Why? So that we can dwell with Yah, which is the shortened version of Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord, our God. It's almost like an endearment, term of endearment, Yah. Anyway, um, he wants, that's what Jesus purchased for us, right? Is we get to dwell with him. And so, so let me keep going because there's just too much to say, but it starts explaining it right here. He ascended, verse 9, we're still in Ephesians 4. He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. We know that Jesus, after his crucifixion, he says he descended into hell, right? We know these things. Here it is in another part in scripture. So even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth, the same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin, here we go, the restoration and the fulfillment of all things. Are you seeing a pattern yet? Are you seeing a theme? God's saying, I'm going I'm to restore all things back to the garden and more. Back to what Adam and Eve had, which was complete intimacy, no worry, no, everything that Revelation says heaven's going to be, and what Adam and Eve had, he's going to restore it all. We're going back there. All right? So next verse, uh, verse 11, and he has appointed some, here we go, here's the great gifts we talked about. This is how he's going to do it. How's he going to bring fulfillment? He's going to do it with these grace gifts. With some, with grace to be apostles. He's going to give some to, with the grace to be prophets. Some with the grace to be evangelists. Some with the grace to be pastors. Some with the grace to be teachers. Now, all, all of these, I don't have time today to, um, to explain these. Um, but I would say of all these, probably the, the least understood one would be apostle. Like if you were just to say, what's a definition of each? I think most of us would know pretty quickly about pastor or, you know, caring for people like a shepherd, a teacher wants people to get it. Uh, evangelist, you know, those that really want to see the lost saved. Uh, prophet, Bill just talked about, so I won't. But I wrote down, just as, this is just my definition. I was sitting here thinking earlier, I'm like, you know, I've, done, I've read lots and lots of books. I've read scriptures and everything, but I thought if someone just asked me in a conversation, what's an apostle? This is what I came up with. An apostle is one who is given blueprints of heaven's plans and heaven's culture and transfers them by laying foundational truths of the kingdom and by identifying and raising up those in his or her metron or sphere of influence as, des- as designated by the Lord to bring about kingdom transformation to a region. I know that was a mouthful, but I just, to me, I think God is still helping the body of Christ to understand what, what an apostle really is. Because honestly, what's happened is, with um, a lot of these titles, is they've been very misused. And they've been misused by people who had very lo- low self-esteem, who, who didn't have good identity. And so in order to be important, you know, if I can attach a title to my name, I'm more important. And actually what we start to learn from this is it's just the opposite. These are people who are to serve. Um, and, and it's not about title at all. In fact, even Paul, who does say he's an apostle, but we call him apostle Paul, but you can't find that in the scriptures. You know, that's not from him. He says, I'm Paul, an apostle of Christ. I'm Paul. 
That's who I am. I'm an apostle of Christ. So he doesn't have a problem calling himself an apostle, but he does. it's not really a title. It's not like he's using it. Paul would be the last person in the world to try to use a title to gain some advantage. Um, what's the, what, one of the shifts, I told you we're in this massive shift right now in the church. One of the shifts is that the fivefold is what this is often referred to. It's coming back into focus again. The church is starting to realize if in order for us to restore all things, these gifts were given for that purpose to restore all things. So if we're not acknowledging these things and actually learning what they are and living them out, we're not going to be, we're not going to be in that restoration process. And what happened for various reasons, I don't have time for in, in history, but especially in the American church, I know it's true other countries as well, but the church has mostly been a pastor-run uh, or you know, pastor-centric organization, which is important and good, but that's one-fifth of this. And maybe some churches will say pastor and teacher. We'll do those. You know, well, that's two-fifths, two important parts. But, you, but it's very lopsided. You know, it's like a, it's like a car without all four wheels on it. You know, it's, it's going to have some problems. God is beginning to bring things back into focus and saying there was a reason for this. And uh, so... Um, we, you know, there will be times when we will talk about this more. I, I really thank God for Bethel Church, who we are, uh, you know, uh, aligned with, Bethel Church in Reading, uh, because there were many times through the last 20 years when we were up there at Bethel where they, where they really patiently went through a lot of these and explained and explained why they do things in their church where they have the fivefold that's operating, but in a way that's healthy, in a way that's honoring, in a way that's not um, boastful or proud but in, in a way where there's um, honor one amongst each other, and therefore the whole body of Christ is, is built up, which we're about to see. We're about to see in the scripture um, what it's for. So their calling is, what's the purpose? To nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Hmm. See, and the... the and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. See, the, the problem with the mostly pastor-focused churches is it actually fed into the American way, which was mostly about me, me, me. And, and the consumer, you know, well, I didn't like the way they worship. I did, they, they worship too long. They worship too short. They, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, don't, but don't talk about the pastor, how he preaches. Don't, I'm sorry, just kidding. Um, <laughs> JK. So, uh, so, but the problem with that is that, is that it, like I said, it's a very important one-fifth part of the piece. But if that's what you're focusing on, it's all about how are you doing, how are you doing, how are you doing, let's get you healed, let's get you healed, let's get you healed, which is extremely important and necessary. I'm not suggesting we do without that. I'm saying that's, that's, that's not all there is. And, and so... What, what eventually this is about is you actually being you, wherever you are, being that light of Jesus and knowing who you are and making a huge difference. And I know so many of you are out there doing that. I know I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I'm also telling you this is a shift going on in the whole church. And, and I will say this. I will say that we've been doing this for, I think, for a long time. But I think what we've done well... Um, just, just, um, I think what we've done well, we're going to do even better by being even more intentional about it. And I'm just giving you a heads up because there's just more and more of this coming. 
all right, about, about helping you to be who God has you to be everywhere you go. Uh, these grace ministries will function. How long is this going to happen? Some people will say, well, there is no fivefold today. That was, that was dead in the time of apostles. There are many churches that would believe that. Well, Jesus says these grace ministries are going to function until these things happen. And I haven't seen these things happen yet in their fullness, which tells me it's still, it still exists. We still need these fivefold ministries. Until we all attain oneness in the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. That's just awesome right there. That's where he's taking us. And by the way, in case I forget to say it, the, what we're really discovering too, it, it's been very limiting to say the fivefold, apostle, you know, pastor, prophet, whatever, all of them, teacher, that, they, that they're they're for the church, like meaning only in the church. We're realizing that's not true. That's what we're realizing. It's just not true. Meaning, as Bill just said, there could be a tree full of eagles here, meaning the, the, the prophetic ones. There could be other uh, pastors. You know, if, you, if you're in your workplace and you find you're the one that just goes extra out of your way to care for people, guess what? You know, there's some gifts you have inside of you that are that the Lord wants to be utilized and so it's not just for the church at all all right um and we're sorry and then uh and then our immaturity will end yay and we will <laughs> everyone say yay yay <laughs> oh yay honestly if we don't get the bigger picture of what we're alive for and what Jesus is really doing this is I'm just going to say it this is where all the little bickering happens and the little things like really we're arguing about this because we're missing the big picture of what he's really doing then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth all our direction and ministries will flow from Christ. That's cool. That's amazing. All of our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. I want to say this, because everything you do is a ministry. I don't care whether you think it's overtly talks about Jesus or not. It doesn't matter. If you see it as a ministry, meaning you're the presence of Jesus where you are, it is a ministry. And, and how is your direction and ministry going to flow from Christ? That means you have to be able to hear his voice. And I will say this, the churches that have focused so much on pastoring, meaning I'm the guy, you know, I'm the guy that hears from God. You, you know, you need to come to me. Um, we're encouraging the wrong thing. And we're encouraging absolutely people just to sit there and be content with that. But actually you hear from God and we need to teach you. We need to teach each other how to hear more from Jesus. That's why Bill does his prophetic classes. Do you know mostly the prophetic classes are learning to hear the voice of God? That's really what it is. Because once you tap in, you've got all kinds of things to say. All right? So, verse 16, For his body has been formed in his image, that's us, and closely joined together and constantly connected as one, and every member has been given divine gifts. Every, can you say every member? That would be each one of y'all, all you all, right? No one's outside of this one. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. 
I know I did a lot of scripture tonight. I know I ripped through it because I had 25 minutes. I was like, I'm going to get this in, dang it. (laughs) But I wanted you to see the whole thing. I wanted you to see because it's all, I wanted you to get a picture, an overall picture of, of just how brilliant this plan is, just how much you were a part of it. And why it is we need to explore, you know, all the fivefold, not just the pastor gift, and not just in the church, but everywhere you are. Um, here it is in Ephesians 2.20. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ Himself. He says you're like rising stones, your stones being fitted together like the temple. I've been to Jerusalem several times, and that's what it looks like, which means they're all different shapes and sizes. And I don't know how the heck they got those that kind of weight up where they did. You know, some of you saw those specials on Nova or wherever. Anyway, how they did that. But heavy stones. They're all, they're all perfectly placed, but look at how non-linear and perfect it is. You know what I mean? And isn't that like us? Like, you know, he's just, what God's doing is he's getting us all to realize who we are, what shapes us, what our character is, what our sphere of influence is, what our giftings are, and to go for it. And then to start seeing, oh, you know, Terry, you need to meet with Dirk because you've got this and he's got this and you guys would be even better. And, you know, Michelle, you should be there too. And it's this, it's this knitting together the body where they need to be at different times because we're way better together than we are apart from each other. Way better. Here's another picture, which is if the, if the left one is the stones and the right one is bricks, we are not bricks. Bricks is how a lot of organizations operate, (laughs) which is we have this need to fill and everybody's got to fill the same thing and you've all got to look like this. That is not the kingdom. The kingdom is a lot more like the left. And let me tell you, on the left, when you look at that, don't tell me on that picture that one rock is more important than another just because it's bigger or prettier. That's not, that's not true. It all together makes up what needs to happen in order for that wall to keep standing. And the Lord says, we're building something together. We're building something together. Here it is. So abandon. Um, oh, gosh. I know. We're almost done. Abandon every form of evil. <laughs> I'm going to get to the next part of Second Peter. This is the last scriptures I have. This is the last part. But, uh, sorry, First Peter, chapter 2. I'm going to get to the stones again in the, next, in the next slide. So abandon every form of evil, deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. Why does that fit with this? We're about to hear about the stones. Because we are all connected. We are all one in Christ. Bill preached about this a few weeks ago. That the, the honor and value we have is because we all have a piece of Christ. So, those, so that stuff doesn't have a place. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. We cannot forget to get in the word, you guys. Listen to this. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life, especially now that you have tasted the goodness of the Lord Jehovah and have experienced his kindness. Sometimes we think, well, I got it. I got, I got most of the scriptures. I got that he's good. He's kind. I think I'm good. This is saying, no, especially because of that. You need to keep getting in the word. Keep getting in the word. Keep getting in the word. It will absolutely fill you because the Holy Spirit will feed you through it. And then it says, so keep coming to him who is the living stone, 
Though he was rejected and discarded by men, but chosen by God, and he's priceless in God's sight, come and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. If we're continually being assembled, then tell me where's the comfort level? I'm, are you getting me? As leaders, as leaders of this fellowship, we're always going, man, every, things are shifting. If somebody's always leaving, we got to, nah. it's not about comfort level. It never will be. It, everything is in flux, always in the kingdom, always. And so, and because we're continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God, for now you serve as holy priests offering, offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus. There's a whole teaching on that. What does it mean to be priests? I could give you 10 minutes worth that I'm not going to right now. Because it's good. But I will say this. Priests had access. The one who had access, guess what you have? Right? Priest was the one that offered sacrifices on behalf of others. Guess what you get to do? It's called intercession. It's called forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the father says, I heard that and I will honor that. Do you understand what a role you have? They call all of us priests. That was just the two short ones. There's so much more to that. There's so much more to that one. We're all called priests. So um, now I'm going to breathe again. That was a lot of scripture. So if you didn't get it all, it's okay. I was more of just trying to go with a wide swash, swatch to um, swath, swish. A lot of swoosh. <laughs> and we're going to, I'm going to pray for you. And this is what we're going to do. Because I realize, actually, our kids are just fine. We're going to get them soon. But they're having a party tonight. So, like, they're hurting right in there. Um, this is what I really felt to do. And, I, and one of you, I think it was you, Joel, but one of you mentioned a word that, uh, that I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing tonight. That is... Just a second, and we're gonna, gonna we're going to um, we're gonna have an activation tunnel tonight. An activation tunnel, because th- anytime the Lord speaks, including tonight, there's it's always an invitation. He's like, "Wouldn't you like to come here with me?" And what we've been talking about is is that you are activated. You are priests. We just learned that. You are, um, we haven't talked about this, but you're ambassadors for Christ. You are ministers of reconciliation, which means wherever you go in your world, in your spheres, you are making people know that there's a father who wants them. You're you're reconciling. You're bringing the two sides together. That's your job. And, um, And you are empowered to do it. And I haven't even gotten into the ecclesia word tonight, which is Jesus saying you have you have divine authority to usher heaven to earth. You do. So there you go. That was just all what I could pack in there. And um, so I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, pray for us. I really am. And, and then I'm going to ask that uh, elders, overseers, uh, next gen, if you would come up and, and be the tunnel. And then also if there, if I could get like a, a prayer team, at least one prayer team to go in kind of first and then hang out over there to pray for people if they want any more prayer for healing. All right, I want you, we're going to pray, but I also want you to kind of to repeat after me. But first, first I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for 
your, your brilliant plan. Thank you, God, that this is like something you were so excited about. And you have been before the foundation of the earth. And somehow we were already connected to you in your heart way back then. Don't understand it. Know that there's truth in it because it's what your word says. And that right now you have every person in this room, you have designed for each one to be alive at this specific time on the earth. And you've also decided for your purposes and plans that at least for this moment, today, since everything's in flux, at this moment, we are all supposed to be together. There's something we're doing tonight that has, that has kingdom significance and eternal significance. And that everything we do as we encourage each other and build each other up and use the gifts in love with each other, God, we are coming more and more to the point where you, where you said, you promised that you're going to bring all things back to a fulfillment the way you've designed it back to the garden, back to sweet, sweet intimacy with no, no pain, no sickness, no sadness, no loss, nothing, just you, just you and us, all of us together. So father, um, as we're, I just want, I want you guys to declare a few things uh, and we're, we're agreeing with you, these things, father. And I just want you to say uh, out loud, I am an ambassador for Christ. I am a minister of reconciliation. I am a minister of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I am a priest. I am a priest. I carry the kingdom of God within me. I carry the kingdom of God within me. And I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. Thank you, Father. So I want to ask that the leaders would start coming up. Okay, perfect. So um, Suzanne and I are going to be at the the head of this line to be like a, a, a an arch for you guys, and you're going to come this way and through. But before we do that, because I believe in in the power of what we're praying, Father, we are inviting. Uh, <laughs> We are inviting your presence and we're saying, Holy Spirit, as, as people come through with an understanding that they are saying yes to being activated, I am asking God for angels from heaven to be released on their assignments with those who are saying yes to you. And I am asking, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to hearts so clearly that we would all go to a whole different level of hearing your voice and knowing what you say and and having the courage to obey and say yes and watch you transform our world in and through us.